You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. What are we drinking tonight there, Jason? Oh, Mountain Dew as always. Doing the Dew. Doing the Dew. Doing the Dew. Yeah, it's going to eventually do me, I'm sure. (laughs) I used to do that all the time. Like, Mountain Dew was my drink of choice. Um, because I read about the caffeine content. I guess it's one of the highest caffeine yep. <laughs> concentrated soft drinks you can buy. And I was like, man, I and need more, all the caffeine I can get. And sugar, sugar helps too. Uh, yep. And the yep. uh, appetizing green color, because who doesn't love green <laughs> in their liquids? But um, how, how did you quit drinking Mountain Dew? Because I can't. <laughs> Um, that's oh, that's the problem. It's uh, it, the same way I quit smoking, which is just a cold turkey, <laughs> and to replace it with another vice, I'm sure, which is yeah, where the, the Coke Zero comes in. But, uh, <laughs> Find something less bad. That's <laughs> basically right. what it was. I, Coffee. I have a feeling I'm going to have to uh, start cutting it with water. And, uh, you know, <laughs> yes. slow, slowly build up. Slowly diluting water. your uh, Mountain Dew till it's yeah. less than one percent. Right. That's right. awesome. But I keep. I keep going to the dentist, and I keep not having cavities. So yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix I, it, right? Exactly. I, I asked. I was like, so does this mean it's okay that I drink Mountain Dew? <laughs> Who knows? Maybe it has some sort of cavity-fighting powers that have yet mm-hmm. to be discovered that uh, is actually doing you uh, wonders. It I'm... won't allow the plaque to stick to my teeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it repels all uh, mm-hmm. all matter. I feel the same thing about weed, too. Every time I like want to quit weed, uh, and then I'll find some article about, like, oh, people actually live longer if they smoke daily. I'm like, see, Jenna, see? Hey, you know, they were, they were saying uh, cannabis uh, was uh, possibly preventing uh, people oh. from getting COVID. Oh, yep. interesting. Yeah. That explains and, I mean, why I didn't get it. I was, I was going to say, I mean, there's a lot of people I know that didn't get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Not drawing mm-hmm. a correlation. That's right. That, Just happened that, no. to be uh, healthier than the rest of us. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I thought you were yeah, going to say Alzheimer's because that's the one uh, I always see. That's like uh, people who, yeah. they, their, their brains are a little quicker, which yes. seems the complete opposite of does, what, right? what I'm experiencing today. <laughs> But hey, who knows? I'm going to keep at it. I'll let you guys know in 30 years. If, Absolutely. Uh, it's it's the long-term trial research. I still have. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To keep my cognitive abilities uh, to do podcasts like this podcast <laughs> on the Next Wave Radio Network. It's the 16-Bit Gladiators where we talk about weed and uh, <laughs> Mountain Dew and uh, sometimes video games. Uh, as Sometimes. we will on this week's episode, uh, the voices you're hearing you will recognize as my uh, sometimes co-host, Jason Jasinski, joining us once again. Hello, Jason. Hello. And my always co-host, Jay Gunn. Hello, Jay. Hey. Hey, hey. Uh, and we are gathered here today, dearly beloved, to uh, talk about video games, but specifically our topic du jour is going to be indie games, independent games that are made by uh, sometimes an individual, sometimes a small team. Eh, sometimes they cheat a little bit with that title, and uh, there's actually a lot of money behind some of these uh, video games, but still uh, not triple not A games, and generally not from uh, the names of studios we recognize. We won't be talking about Nintendo or uh, Sony or um, Bethesda or any of the Rockstar, none of those guys this week. Uh, but instead, you'll hear uh, names of studios you probably don't recognize. But before we jump right in, uh, 16-Bit Gladiators is the name of the podcast. If you want to find us, you can do so on 16bitgladiators.com. That's our website uh, where we have links to our social networks. You can find us on Facebook, uh, 16-Bit Gladiators there, as well as on Twitter at, you guessed it, 16-Bit Gladiators. We've got links there to uh, subscribe to this here podcast so you can uh, keep in touch with us as we talk about another video game topic every week. Uh, so yeah, this week 
indie games. As I was putting this list together, I'm not sure about you guys, but realizing that um, not quite 50%, but damn near half of the games I've played eh, probably within the last five years, and some of mm-hmm. my favorites have been mm-hmm. indie games. Uh, of course, we love our Nintendos, and we love uh, you know those big AAA titles, um, but uh, some of the most memorable video game experiences I have come from some of these little smaller games. Uh, because they're able to take more risks, right? They're able to do things yeah. that, uh, you know, when you're pumping millions of dollars into a game that's going to take five years of development, you know, your Grand Theft Auto, you don't have uh, the ability to uh, to take as many risks or, or to try things out on a smaller scale. Right, um, try to kind of experiment with, with different things. You want to exactly. go with a tried and true mm-hmm. formula. It, uh, market market share ruins everything. <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, since I haven't seen you in a few weeks, Jason, uh, let's talk about what games we've been playing. Anything new on your uh, horizons? Honestly, I have not. I'm I'm saving it all up for uh, the Mass Effect uh, uh, release. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm very very excited about that. You're like a video that game was... cactus, huh? You like to uh... yes, conserve. <laughs> You're conserve in the desert now. That. That's funny. Uh, but uh, yeah, Mass Effect was probably one of my my favorite video game experiences. Just through all of them, I don't care what anybody says about the the last one or the ending or whatever. I I thought it was amazing. So I'm I'm saving up all of my gaming energy, uh, and <laughs> and I may may take some some PTO and just oh. blast through it all. We'll nice, see. Nice. That's a topic for another day. Uh, games that we've actually taken time off from work or skipped school, oh, perhaps, to well, uh, yeah. play. Because uh, yeah, I can think about a few off the top of my head. I've already told Jenna that uh, when Breath of the Wild two comes out, I was like, we're just going to need to take a week of PTO. And just yep. uh, pull some all nighters and uh, oh, absolutely, and go through that. Yep, indeed, nice. Jay, what about you? What are you playing? Uh, still doing some Valheim. Uh, still going through Doom Three on the on the quest, mm. and uh, I am uh, really looking forward to Resident Evil Four coming out to the quest. Oh yeah, that's going to be ridiculous. Is that soon? In VR, I think it's supposed to be. Was it June or July? I think. So fairly soon, yeah. I just couldn't couldn't do those games in VR. Not, I mean, I don't even... know why I want to do it because, <laughs> man, that's gonna fuck my my whole world up when I when I do that and something jumps out at me. Oh yeah. Do you do your own laundry? <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because yeah, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't subject anybody else to my yeah. laundry after <laughs> a game like that. That game is scary enough in third person. I can only imagine uh, in first person, Doom style. Speaking yeah. of which, Jay, I always wondered, how do you, like, do you play standing up? Are you in a swivel chair where you can do a, a 360? What's your depends preferred on, stance? Yeah, it depends on the game. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time, I try to do standing up. Um, and most of the games that, that I have been playing have been to where you could just stand in one spot. You don't have to have, like, a huge area to ah, move around in. Right. But then if it's something like a, a racing game or, uh, like, a flight game, like... Um, uh, Elite Dangerous. It's like a mm. space sim almost. No, oh, no. Um, that I'll sit down for because I, I, you know, I get out my my actual wheel and I get out a, a or a, or a Hotess uh, flight stick. Oh, that's cool. And I'll actually play with those as the controls, but you know, be fully immersed inside the. Yeah, it's so great. So great. But that soundtrack on there is. There is a, a game that it's more like a, a demo mm-hmm. that's being done. It's kind of like a, a well, speaking of indie games, it's kind of done by an independent developer. Mm. Um, 
but it's like a F, I think it's FA 18 Hornet. And the only thing I can think of is, man, that's going to be like playing freaking Top Gun. <laughs> I need to be in that. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. Well, that's a nice segue then into our topic of indie games. Uh, we'll call that the first one then out of the way. Nice. So nice. nice way to segue into that. Um, so w- the way we usually do this is, uh, you know, we've all compiled lists here. Um, I have about a dozen on mine, but uh, we don't necessarily have to talk about all of them. I'm sure there's going to be some crossover uh, because, oh, yeah, uh, sure. yeah, when you when you start researching uh, top indie games, you see the same ones show up over and over again, uh, mm-hmm. and and for good reason. For good reason. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just going to throw one out that I've seen uh, brought up a few times. The first one on my list is uh, from a, a studio called Play Dead which is one of my uh, favorite indie developers right now. Uh, they were responsible for Limbo, which uh, mm-hmm. could be on this list. I'm not sure. And we have Limbo on their list. I have it on honorable mention. That, and I have, I think, this one that you're about to say on honorable mention <laughs> as well. It's a great indie game uh, in its own right. Uh, a little side-scroller, simplistic graphics uh, in black and white, uh, and uh, no, no, no voice acting, I think. You're just kind of controlling mm-hmm. this little kid uh, who's presumably deceased. Uh, as he traverses uh, Limbo. And it's basically a little puzzler, a little platform puzzler. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, this studio really upped their ante when they came out with their uh, their sophomore game in uh, the form of Inside. Inside. Inside, one of my favorite. Jason, you ever heard or played this game? No, I don't think so. Oh, oh it's, man. It's so good. It is so, so good. good. It is so atmospheric. Um, again, very minimalist, but um, mm-hmm. minimal. not minimalist in like a cheap, out, you know, we didn't have a budget for an art director sort of way. Minimalist in that they know, like they use lighting and atmosphere uh, to their advantage. And um, yes. you, again, th- all the storytelling is done through kind of the visuals and the gameplay. There's no dialogue spoken. I don't believe um, there's mm-hmm. some, yeah, I don't think so. some screams and shrieks every now and then. But uh, mm-hmm. you begin the game once again as as a little boy, much in the same way as Limbo. Uh, although I don't think you're supposed to, well, no, I'm not going to spoil anything because if you haven't played it, I highly recommend it, uh, both to you, Jason and the listeners. Uh, but yeah, you start off, you're just this little boy in a red shirt in the woods. He's kind of feels like Elliot from ET. Uh, and again, it's a side scroller and right off the bat, you're being chased by men with flashlights and dogs and, uh, you have to jump over things and, and to, to try to escape. And from there, it just kind of snowballs into this quest and you're forever kind of running to the right encountering what seems to be kind of like a post-apocalyptic sort of world and not necessarily with zombies but the people there aren't quite right there are um, they're kind of mindless hordes uh and the game just does great things with um again storytelling through the actions uh it never really tells you what you have to do you kind of have to figure it out but uh, yeah. mind control plays a, a heavy theme in uh, this game, uh, and man, it is worth. It's not a very long game. What would you say, Jay? Maybe six, eight maybe. hours. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe about six, six and a half, somewhere around there. Of course, you can you can go a little slower. Uh, mm-hmm. I I tend to methodically go through these games, so it's probably more like ten to twelve when Jen and I can <laughs> play. Uh, and there are a lot of yeah. deaths. You will die a lot of times in mm-hmm. horrific ways. Uh, they do not shy away from blood. It's not it's not Mortal Kombat. It's not gratuitous. It is. It's very uh, understated, but that actually makes it even more chilling when mm-hmm. uh, this little child that you're uh, you're controlling just just die. Just gets there, there. There's one segment where um, these huge sound waves are coming from the background, uh, and they're 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 pulsing and they destroy everything that they touch. And you kind of have to duck be- behind these metal pillars 
uh, in between sound waves. But of course, there's there's room where where you don't have any protection, so you kind of have to duck and cover for the next one. Uh, and if you don't get the timing right, and you won't the first time, you just watch your limbs like just become disembodied from the rest of your. Uh, it, it, you just kind of go into pieces. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Jason's reaction says it all. Pretty uh, interesting. It is pretty interesting, but it's great. And uh, the fucked up finale that this game has. Uh, Jay, what are your thoughts on this? I feel like I'm monopolizing it. It's a great game. It, it's a fantastic game. Yeah, the I haven't gone through the entire game. So oh I'm no! Glad, I'm glad. You, yeah, I'm glad you didn't, oh. didn't go into any spoilers oh, on the on the finale. Um, but yeah, the the it, it is. It's amazing. Like even going back to to Limbo, that they they recreate that kind of atmosphere in this game. But instead of it being solid black and white, they have those just those little pops of color yeah. that really add so much to it. Absolutely. And smart the, minimalism. Yes, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And just this this feeling, this building tension the whole time. Like you said, you know, that you've got these guys that are chasing you with the flashlights and stuff. And there there are times where you're you're thinking there's no way I can get through this because the, mm-hmm. you know, the flashlights, they keep turning towards you and they, you know, you've got your little hiding spot that you're behind and they keep turning over that way. And there's just, there's no time to do it. And then you just have to sit there and wait long enough. And then something will happen that'll distract them mm-hmm. or there'll be something else that'll happen. That's coming after you all of a sudden, yep. like there's these dogs that'll start chasing you at one point. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh shit. I need to get going. And it's like, it doesn't matter that these flashlights keep flashing at you because you've got dogs coming at you. So you need to get out of there. Yeah. They're very good. The the game designers are very good about giving you exactly the amount of time you need to get out of every situation. There's just one sequence where uh, you're trying to, again, with, with said dogs, you're trying to climb a chain link fence. uh, But it's like, you have to climb the fence. They're on one side, but they will run behind a wall Mm -hmm. And come at you yes. from the other side. You have just enough time to like pull some boards out of a hole in the wall, but then you have to jump back on the fence and lure them back to the other side. It looks, yeah. it feels impossible. And uh, about the twelfth time, those dogs pull you off of that fence and begin to uh, disembowel you. You think there's no way you can do this, but uh, no, they're, they're, it, it's very intentionally designed. And uh, yeah, some of my favorite video game moments came from this game. Again, Jay, I won't spoil the ending for you or you, Jason, but uh, <laughs> it takes a hard left. Um, what you have been doing throughout nine-tenths of the game, all of a sudden the gameplay changes at the end, uh, wow. and it's this weird finale. It's one of those games where after you finish it, you're going to want to jump right on YouTube and try to figure out what the fuck just happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And you probably nice. still won't understand, and that's what I love about mm-hmm. it, too. It's kind of ambiguous, mm-hmm. and there's... There's um I know I'm I'm effusive about this game but one more thing there's an underlying theme of like um free will uh and and is all this stuff preordained are the are the movements we make in life preordained or do we actually have a choice and there's actually a kind of side quest way you can play this game um yeah. where you can pull literally pull the plug there are these if if you're playing the game next time you play it Look for these little yellow uh, like extension cords that are hidden throughout mm. the game. Mm-hmm. If you follow them, anytime you see one, you follow them, it'll lead you to this orb that's like plugged in. And I think there's like 15 of them throughout the game. And if you unplug all of them, you can basically finish the game without going to the end. Uh, it's yeah, it's really fucked up, oh, and it's wow. it's this whole other secret ending that uh, yeah, once you play it through the first time, you're gonna want to do that uh, as we did. 
Anyway. Oh, that's so cool because I've, I've seen a couple of those through there. Yep. So, yeah, that's, yep. that's awesome. They do serve a purpose. Uh, nice. Anyway, I can't recommend it anymore. Inside. Check it out. Yes, yeah, I'll definitely have to look for that. Nice. Uh, all right. Uh, anybody want to volunteer to go next or should I call on somebody? Jason? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, one of the most recent ones that comes to mind uh, that that didn't do so well uh, and everybody had some pretty big expectations for it was No Man's Sky. Oh, yeah. Those, yeah. Um, you know, it was it was built to be this space exploration, mm-hmm. open ended type thing, and it ended up being very open ended. Um, too open ended. Uh, too open ended. There wasn't <laughs> anything to do. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you could uh, uh, you could land a ship, you could mine some minerals, uh, you could fly your ship somewhere else. Uh, to a different planet that had different shaped plants and minerals that you could, you know, harvest or mine. Um, and that, that was, I mean, it was a very lonely game. Uh, I don't, I don't think I have ever felt so alone playing a game. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was just uh, the, the feeling of isolation and desolation. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they did a great job with the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um uh, there was just there wasn't anything else behind it. Um, have, have you played it at all recently? Uh, in fact, I have not, but I've heard that they have made uh, several uh, yeah. game enhancing changes yes. Yes. Uh, that apparently have have you know gone over pretty well with the player base. Yes, absolutely. Um, so it's it's good that they were able to uh, salvage mm. uh, you know kind of a a very very poor launch uh, into something that you know people are actually talking about playing yeah. and enjoying. Yeah. Only took them yeah. like four years, right? When did that game yeah, come out? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well I mean they they started pretty much immediately after it launched and uh, a lot of people for a while got really pissed off. I mean, they were pissed off at the launch because it was, it didn't live up to the hype. And honestly, I gotta, I gotta give them kind of a pass for it because it was really Sony that was hyping all this up. And these guys are just, they're independent developers, but they, they suddenly got this huge budget from Sony mm. to get this done. And also a deadline that ah. needed to get that, you know, Sony wanted that deadline hit. That always so comes like, with a yeah, favor. Yeah. So they had all these grand ideas of things that they wanted to do, but they really needed a whole lot more time to actually make them happen. But Sony's like, no, we need it released now. So I kind of give them a pass on that. And especially because like immediately they, they essentially went in dark and didn't communicate with anybody for like three or four months. And the, the, people that have bought the game were getting really pissed off thinking that they just abandoned it and they you know made off with the money that they yeah. made and they're done. And then they come out with this, this patch that added some new features to it and added a lot of the stuff that they had, you know, that they had promised into it. And suddenly everybody's like, Oh, okay. They're kind of, they're kind of sticking to it. And then they started communicating with people and then they continued on with the patches and throughout, you know, the last four, almost five years now, I guess they've, they've done like six or seven like major improvements to the game. Mm. And it's finally gotten to the point where it's, it's actually surpassed what they were hyping Mm. really back in at launch time. Yeah. And so they, you know, they've got multiplayer now they've got, um, you know, base building, they've got, 
things where you know underwater that you can go into so there's actually mm. creatures that are underwater they've got these giant worm things that were in the in the trailer that haven't been in the game and everybody's been like where the fuck are those, those worms because this is one of the big things from the trailer yeah so those are in there now and it's like they've they've really kept with the game and they didn't have to hmm. but because I, I think it's it's kind of a, a redemption story for them yeah. because they they were so passionate about this that they wanted to do it right yeah. and they wanted to do right by the by the people one that supported the game at the beginning and also the people the that fans are coming onto the game yeah coming yeah. onto the game later and i guess if you ever want to make a no man's sky too you got to make sure that the word on the street Indeed. is positive enough uh, if you want them to plunk down another 50 bucks uh i was i was going to say have they done any other games there was a game uh that they had done before i can't remember what the name of it was though but it was like a, it was a it wasn't nearly this ambitious um that kind of got their name out there but then they started doing this and then for whatever reason sony locked onto it and started building this hype machine around it so yeah i love the but look yeah, of they, it they have done at least one. Oh, yeah it's beautiful it, it it reminds me of like the like the 50s or the 60s like what they thought of the future yeah you know, like kind of that tomorrow land feel yeah. yes yes those retro future po- uh, yeah. posters and stuff and i i see people on on the like reddit all the time they're posting um screenshots that they're taking in game and it looks like you know those old retro yeah. retro future posters it's gorgeous i love it i love it that is kind of the uh the theme nowadays though with developers right it's just like you you release the game no matter what state it's in and then you'll just patch it until it's actually done i mean we saw that with uh cyberpunk uh Mm -hmm. it's it's storied Mm -hmm. history even in these scant six months uh and then also i was hearing about um monster hunter the newest monster hunter game they just released a patch for that i don't know if it's a patch Mm -hmm. but an update uh, that basically gave the game a real ending. I guess the game currently, or or in its previous form, uh, left, ended oh, on a cliffhanger, and so you didn't actually get the oh, real wow. ending until this new update that's just come out. So, uh, yeah. you, okay, that one is like, how do you release a game without an ending? <laughs> <laughs> that is that is a little bizarre. Um, wow. It just had an uh, ending. It just had a an unsatisfying one. I guess it didn't wrap up yeah. the story over whatever whatever story there is in Monster Hunter. You're hunting monsters. God, that's so bizarre. So the the fans petitioned all the Mass Effect. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> work on your script, man. This is bullshit. It's like what George Lucas wow. said uh, uh, about movies. Movies are never uh, finished; they're merely abandoned. And I guess video mm-hmm. games uh, can fall into that same category. Yeah. All right. Okay. Good picks so far, Jason. On to you. Talk about a game that you didn't abandon. Oh, that was Jason. Oh, 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 oh! He went no first. That's right. Guy. Yeah, you called yeah. him on on him. All yeah, right, I Jay, <laughs> you are up. I will uh, abandon right. Jason well, to talk to, to Jay about his next game. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll go with the kind of elephant in the room, the one that oh is oh shit. Everybody kind of knows uh, Minecraft, mm-hmm. which is no longer an indie game. That's yeah, right. One time, it's it started out as one, and didn't that guy make a billion dollars? He made several billion dollars. <laughs> I mean, r- richer than Gates's wife now, still. <laughs> oh yeah, timely. Yeah, um, it's a simple pixelated graphics. It mm-hmm. looks like something from DOS days. You know, mm-hmm. there's hardly any like detail in it. Wait, but have you seen Minecraft with ray tracing? <laughs> I have, and it's 
it's actually really good looking. Yeah. It's beautiful for yeah. what it is, but yes, yeah. in, in its original form, uh, yeah, it's it's like a 3D 8-bit yeah. explore, exploration game. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's like, oh, it's almost like, um, it's basically like playing Legos, like having yeah. an infinite Lego set, essentially. You can, you can build whatever you want. And some of the things that people build are just incredible. I actually was uh, looking, there's a, a project going on that started uh, last year during all the lockdowns and things mm-hmm. where somebody is working on making a one-to-one recreation of the entire planet earth <laughs> and they're they're getting a whole community together no to build all the cities the structures all the, the monuments all of the just everything that that we as a as a species have built in the world and they're they're actually building this into it even like the spaces uh, between uh cities because there's, yeah. there's a lot of rural texas there's here. a lot there's a lot yeah and it, you know the the blocks in the game. Each block is basically one meter square. Oh, nice! Yeah. So they're 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 like, doing it like as a one to one recreation. So it's <laughs> at least uh, Kansas and Nebraska will be kind of like a copy and paste. Easy, copy right? And paste. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. You know, they they've they've gotten some places like Hong Kong. Like they've already gotten that city oh, built geez. out. They've gotten Seattle built out. When you were talking, I thought you were just going to say like they're going to build a recreation of New York City, and that alone would have like blown my mind, like one to one. But the entire world, like, how is that even possible? You can't do underwater. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you technically you could with can. Minecraft, yeah. but how how would they do that? Yeah, that's crazy. I don't know. It, it's going to be nuts. And they they did it because they're one of the things that stopped people from doing anything like this before is Minecraft. When it first came out, it only had a a height of I want to say 128 blocks, oh. and then a depth of 128 blocks. Yeah, that's going to put and a you damper on your plans real quick. Yeah, so if you wanted to build like an actual mountain, it was kind of out of the out of the question. But they somebody found in the code where that is actually uh, locked in, and even you know later now it's 256 blocks on each way. But now <laughs> they made this tweak to the code. And so now there's there's either no limit or it's like thirty two thousand is the limit somewhere oh, well, around there. You'll never get there, yeah. Yeah. So the the way that this guy when he when he started doing it is he pulled in map data from Google Earth mm-hmm. of Mount Everest, uh-huh. and brought it into a program that converted it into Minecraft blocks. <laughs> And then brought that into his world, so he had a full one to one recreation of Mount Everest. Wow! In in Minecraft, and he was able to to climb up it, and it's that's it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Which crazy is the shit. the recommended way to climb Mount Everest? Do it through yes, Minecraft. Yes. Don't be a dumbass and risk your life <laughs> and the lives of those who've you fooled into doing this this foolhardy mm-hmm. adventure with you. Please. <laughs> every 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 time I've I've got a cousin who uh, every time somebody dies on Mount Everest. He'll like tweet this story, but then like ridicule them for being so stupid. And uh, yeah, I cannot uh, disagree with him. That is a, mm. a horrible way to go. And for what? For what? I mean, when yeah. when when the when dead bodies are used as landmarks. <laughs> yes, and, exactly. Uh, I mean, 
it's just that that should tell you something. I mean, <laughs> yeah. just just like Death Valley, it's called that. Yeah. It's called that for a reason. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Um, I'm I'm all for like the adventure and the thrill seeking and stuff, but it's like, uh, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, just to to say you did it. Yeah. yeah. Play some. And that's what VR is for. Yeah. There you yes. Go. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All the 100%. risk without the uh, the penalty, right? One hundred percent. Yeah. And you know, with it, you know, they 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 give away the server software for it, so oh. anybody can set up their own servers and have you know all their friends join Man. and play. And I mean, it it runs like you can run it on a Raspberry Pi. the The server <sighs> will run on a Raspberry Pi, so you don't need like a powerful wow. computer to do this. That's got to be the most successful uh, independent game, right? Like, yeah. there's nothing that's going to be that big again. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's. I guess something could topple it, but yeah, I don't. I don't see that happening anytime no, soon. No. I mean, it, it rivals some like actual AAA games in terms of popularity, player base, longevity. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it, it's crazy, crazy, crazy. Minecraft. There you go. All right. Well, I guess it's my turn. Uh, I'm going to move on to one that I talked about before on our uh, games that make you feel episode from a few months back where we talked about uh, games that had an emotional uh, impact on you that kind of stayed with you after the fact, either because of the characters or the story or something in it um, that that, that, uh, made you feel. And uh, one of my favorites is a game called What Remains of Edith Finch. Uh, yeah. This is another one of those short. Yeah, <laughs> Jason, you're not going to have heard of any of these. I think. <laughs> um, but but check it out if you can. It's like a fifty. It's always on sale, um, and even mm-hmm. at its most expensive, I think it's like fifteen or twenty bucks. Uh, it's on every platform that you can think of. I think it's even on Switch now. It's definitely on PC. Yep. Uh, and it's what a lot of people would call a walking simulator, right? There's not yep. a lot of action to be had. It's not a. You're not shooting anything. It is first person, um, but I think the actions. Um, are limited to like climbing or opening doors, but it's a lot of reading, but it's a lot of voice acting too. Um, and really good voice acting. You're basically kind of hearing the inner monologue of, uh, the main character, uh, Edith Finch. And, uh, she's kind of investigating this house and it's the house that her family comes from. Uh, and her family is basically, you kind of find out like cursed, like everybody dies young, uh, and so th- there's a bit of morbidity to this game because as you're going through it, you're, it, it it's it's kind of told in a series of flashbacks, uh, it, it, but as but they're they're kind of played out as levels. So every level you're playing another character from this family tree. In fact, the main map is basically like a family tree, and you kind of mm-hmm. see all the people. Um, but you you basically figure out how they all died. Like everybody has a death story, but each level is told in a completely original and different way. Um, one of them, you're uh, controlling uh, like a cat, I believe, first person. Yeah. Uh, but then at one point you turn into a bird, and so now you're flying. It's kind of yeah, it, yeah. It's very weird. Uh, another one, you're playing uh, a baby uh, in a bathtub, mm-hmm. which, as you can imagine from the setup, that does not end well. Um, <laughs> but but it's kind of told in like a trippy. Um, there's a lot of abstract storytelling going yes. on here, as well as yeah. the literal storytelling from the main character itself. Uh, it, it, to the point where um, there's another level that's told in like kind of a, a comic book uh, style where you're literally like flipping the pages and each panel kind of comes to life, but it tells a, a sequential story. So you're controlling what's happening in each panel at a time. So ingenious, so um, inventive. Uh, and then just a really cool story. Like you kind of find yourself getting wrapped up in the, the tragedy of this family 
Um, and and the the design of the house is cool because every every level um, it, you can tell this family's like patchworked the house together until you, the, yeah. by the time you get to the top it's kind of like duct taped together, yeah. um, which kind of just adds to the 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 enormity of the the story. But um, yeah, just one of those endings too where it's not necessarily a downer, but, but it's not a feel good either. It, it, yeah. it, it kind of yeah. makes you contemplate. And uh, yeah, great soundtrack, great score to that game. Um, just can't, can't recommend that one enough, too. Big big fan of uh, What Remains of Edith Finch. Yeah, uh, it's it's a really, like, it's a beautiful game, too. Yeah, like, yeah, it is. Uh, and it's very surreal. Like, it's, it's realistic. That's the best word, yes. But it's very surreal. You'll see, like, a door or something, and it's like, okay, it's a door. But there's just something off about it. Like there, there's a there's a, a thumbprint or something on yeah on one of the handles that is like it's actually embedded into the door and you gotta you gotta figure out why that is and it's mm-hmm. it kind of play out this whole story of what what would cause that uh, uh, is it like a, a point and clickish or eh, kind it's of kind of an, yeah it's kind of an evolution of that like it's not yeah. you're not pointing and clicking at things on the screen but you're it's kind of in that same vein where you're, you're um, looking and things yes, are high you're in, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. you can reach you're out and grab things. And yeah. things. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That again, makes sense. again, don't, don't play it for the challenge or the gameplay itself. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. Uh, play it to be kind of immersed in the story. Again, it's a short game. I think uh, Jen and I, when we played it for the first time, we pulled an all nighter. Like we started at like nine or 10 on a Friday and we just yeah. couldn't put it down, and it was like six in the morning when we finally wrapped it up. And uh, really, that's how much it kind of grabbed us. And uh, it's yeah. it's yeah. unlike any other game I've played. I think is the safest thing mm-hmm. I can say. Those are the best, right? Yes. Uh, the the yes. the ones that you're you're not expecting to be anything that are completely and totally out mm-hmm. of what you would normally play or normally expect. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the, the creativity that goes, I mean, anybody can do a GTA, anybody right. can do a doom. Um, now to do it well, on the other hand, mm-hmm. that's completely and totally different. True. Right. Right. But to take an experience, uh, and flip it around to where the, the gamer is trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, I, I think that's, that's the good spot for those for those games to be in. Absolutely, yes. well said. Yes. And you see that a lot more with, like we were talking about with independent yeah. games yeah. because they they have that freedom to to yes. really experiment with stuff like this that that a major publisher would be like, no, I'm <laughs> <laughs> not even going to try it. <laughs> uh, all right, nicely done. Uh, who's got one up? Uh, I, I don't. I don't think this will be on either of your lists. Ooh, I can't wait. Um, yeah, uh, Fappy Birds. Oh, Fappy Birds. Fappy Bird or Flappy Bird? Oh, wait, Fappy or Flappy? Fa- Fappy, or is it Flappy Bird? There is Flappy Bird, yes. There was a, yeah, yeah there was uh, that, that, was, uh, that must have been the original one. Yes. I mean, that guy yeah. sold like a million of them yes. for a yes. dollar a piece. It, like, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. you want to talk about a true indie game and true. getting your seed money quick? Yep. Yep. <laughs> I got to admit, I... I Dropped a couple of bucks into that game. Maybe a couple. I, I've actually bought it on several different platforms. So, <laughs> really? Yeah, because they've got an Apple TV version of it. I have a couple of those around the oh house. And I originally bought it. It's a mobile game originally, right? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, well, it's 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 one of those Rage Quake games. Yes, yes. it is. And, and you paid for it. Yes. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, the, totally uh, props to that guy. Yeah. I, I mean, to oh, talk yeah. about li- living your dream real quick. Uh, you know, being being a game developer and pulling in, you know, a million sales in like what was it, three days or a week or yeah, some bullshit? Yeah, some ridiculous. Like, how how does that even happen? Yeah, it, right. Especially something like an indie game like that. How does that get the word out so quickly that social media? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then mm-hmm. didn't it kind of like get pulled or or he he pulled it himself? Pulled I think it. the he developer. Yeah, that poor guy. Uh, you'd think, oh, he, hey, he's living it up, right? He had the b- biggest selling, but it kind of, kind of quietly drove him crazy, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Because he yeah. was uh, getting so much feedback. People loved it, but then people got super frustrated by it. Oh yeah, and I, I don't yep. think he uh, was able to take that pressure very well. And yeah, like pulled the game, but then it came back. I don't know the, what ever ended up happening to that guy. Hopefully, he's he's still with us. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, uh, but I mean, you know, that's uh, that's. The game developers dreams yeah. right there explain uh, jason yeah. what the uh, the gameplay of flappy bird is for the uninitiated uh, uh, so you've got this little little bird and you have to pilot him through all of these different uh like mario tubes yeah uh and they constantly move and you constantly have different things coming at you at split seconds notice yeah uh and and ba- basically uh you're you're just yippee kaiokai through the entire thing <laughs> yeah and you, there's only what because it was mobile first so there's no buttons there's just what you just tap mm-hmm. the screen and every right. time you tap the screen, the little bird you flaps flap up a little wings. bit, right? Yep. But in order yep. to get low, you kind of have to know when to let yourself drop and when to bounce back up. And it, it's yep. uh, it's constantly moving, right? Like it's a side-scrolling side scroller that just yeah. never ends and gets progressively harder and faster. Yep. Um, it reminds me of, uh, did anybody play Battletoads? Oh, fuck yes. yeah, I did. Yes. Oh, yeah. that level in Battletoads? Yes. The level that like that? Yes. That's what it reminded me of. And it's just the, as on frustrating. On the bike, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. That yeah. that no human can uh, complete. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. That game's notoriously hard, specifically that level. Uh, Evil mm-hmm. programmers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned mm-hmm. for our uh, Games That Make You Rage Quit episode, where I'm sure yes. uh, both Flappy Bird and... Battletoads were making an appearance. <laughs> Dude, that's great. Fucking fl- I totally yeah. forgot about Flappy Bird, but yeah, you're right. Jay, I think you're up, buddy. All right. Um, well, I guess kind of sticking with the what you could maybe consider as a walking simulator, but it's not really. Hmm. Um, uh, the Stanley Parable. Oh my gosh. I've seen that come up on three or four lists. I'd never heard of it before today, and now I it's- can't wait to play it. It's amazing. It is really amazing. It was it was two guys that they basically just wanted to tell like this kind of this existential almost story of uh, what do you do when you're kind of trapped, mm. I guess would be the would be the way. Because like I said, it, it seems like it's a walking simulator because it's like the the narrator is like, you know, Stanley was sitting at his desk and he realized why am I here? And so he gets up and he goes and walks to the door and you're in the game and you're like, okay, I'm going to go walk to this door. And then you'll get to like a room that has two doors and it's like, and it'll wait for you. And, and you'll go to the other one. It's like, and Stanley picked the left door or the right door. <laughs> and so it kind of narrates this thing and you're thinking, okay, well, it's just narrating along with me. But then all of a sudden the narrator will start talking to you oh. and, and telling you, you know, no, Stanley, you didn't do this. You did this. And, the scene will reset and you'll be back at your computer and you'll, you'll start going to doing something else. And it's basically the whole game is like this. uh, It's like, it's either like a giant puzzle box or it's like a maze Mm. 
and you're you're essentially the rat in the maze that's trying to find his way out and it's it's a it's you're not quite sure if it's really happening or mm-hmm. if it's all in stanley's mind there's i don't think that there's any combat that goes on in the game but there are i couldn't tell you how many different pathways and how many different endings you can get oh, really and there's only one right ending or there's only or, or good ending i guess would be the way <laughs> But there's so many different ways that you can end the game. And every time you do, you can restart back at the beginning and, and take another path and try a different thing. And, oh, that's crazy. and all it is is just like flip this switch instead of that one, and it'll take you on a whole separate branch of the path that you can go on. And the greatest thing was, and I think it was just last year this happened, people started getting an achievement oh. in the game for literally for not playing the game <laughs> that was the achievement that you got it's like, like if so you bought random. it downloaded it installed it and never fired it up you got an achievement <laughs> yep. yep that's fucking brilliant i love that damn i wish every game would have that because i would have so many achievements right. for games that i've bought and installed and never hit that start button once mm-hmm. that's great i love it where can you where did you play it on pc uh, yeah, yeah, it's on Steam. Um, I think it just released on Switch a mm. couple of years ago. There you go. Um, if not on Switch, I think it's on other consoles, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I remember seeing it went to Switch at some point. Nice. I'll have to look into that yeah. one. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that one. I love a good mind fuck when it comes yeah, to uh, my so video good. games. So well, and speaking of mind fucks, how about uh, Little Nightmares? Uh, Little which Nightmares. just uh, came out with a sequel. Jason shaking his head on this one, too. Never heard of this mm-hmm. one. This one really stuck with me, too, uh, mostly for the, the visual style. I've talked about it on this podcast before. It, it looks great. It's from this little independent yes. developer, I think maybe out of like Sweden. Um, I think so, yeah. I and that uh, it, it kind of it has a very kind of like European feel with the character designs. Uh, everything is, you know, pun intended, but nightmarish looking. Um, you you play this little character. She's a little girl in a yellow coat. Uh, you don't know her name. You don't know anything about her. You just know that uh, she starts off. She's trapped in a cage, uh, and somehow is able to escape and is trying to kind of work her way out of wherever she is. You don't know. The game kind of uh, spools that story out as you as you go through levels. Um, but uh, it is called Little Nightmares, but this game actually kind of gave me big nightmares because <laughs> there is some fucking hellish stuff. There's a, um, a chef uh, who uh, – and you're, you're this little girl. I say little girl, but I, I literally mean like you're like a couple of uh, inches high uh, and everything is like oversized, so you're you're kind of shrunken in this normal sized world, climbing under tables and chairs, trying not to get caught. Uh, and when you do get caught, uh, some of the most entertaining death animations you'll see are are in this game. Uh, there's like I said, there's this one chef uh, that you're trying to avoid, and uh, if you get caught every time he catches you, he's got different kind of preloaded animations that'll do depending on where he is. He'll like drop you in a pot and stir you up, or he'll throw you in an oven. If you're standing next to the oven, yeah, it's pretty hardcore. Um, <laughs> but it's all told. It's another one of these games where the, the design is very surreal, uh, mm-hmm. but it's so atmospheric. There's a lot of good jump scares in this uh, game yes. and uh, a very satisfying ending if you can make it to the end of this one uh, because the, the little girl kind of finally ends up getting revenge on her captors uh, in in the, uh, the, the final moments of this game. But uh, up until then, just like piling on the creepy stuff, um, there's this 
character with like super long arms, almost kind of like uh, one of the Fantastic Four, like and you can just mm-hmm. stretch around a rubber. And so you're in this library, and uh, his arms are kind of reaching up and around, trying to grab you. It, it's um, the, the, the gameplay is again nothing new. You're jumping, you're pulling, you're interacting with uh, your environment, and in fact. There are moments in the game that are kind of frustrating because the controls aren't as tight as they could be. Uh, I dropped into a lot of holes uh, trying to make a jump that it looked like I could make. Uh, You know, sometimes you're in the background a little bit and it's in the foreground, but you can't really tell because of the angle. Uh, So not as polished as it could have been. They just came out with a sequel in February, which uh, Jen and I have been going through, that it kind of seems like it's it's learned from some of those uh, aspects. Uh, and just turned up the nightmarish stuff to <laughs> eleven. Oh, nice. um, there's a, there's this teacher character who has a super long neck and kind of looks like that snake. You know, remember in Beetlejuice when yes. it turns into the snake, but it's got the human head. She looks like yes. that. And she like follows you around. Big fan of a uh, little nightmare. Again, real short, independent game. Uh, and uh, check out Little Nightmares too if you want to see where they've taken the sequel. I'm enjoying it. I'm gonna have to check that out. I've, yeah. I've got the first one, and, and I I've been been excited to go through the second one so that i'll definitely have to check yep, that out it's a good time all right we're back to jason i believe right oh um you know i think one of the more popular recent ones mm-hmm. and i i haven't played it because uh i, I i'm kind of antisocial, but uh <laughs> uh among us oh uh, that's oh, great yeah. of course I forgot you know, that was indie. Uh, yeah uh, everybody's sus yes um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I learned what that word was last year because of that <laughs> right. game uh, you know, I've uh, again haven't haven't played it, but uh, you know everybody who does seems to have a really good time playing mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's a very you know kind of basic eight bit type graphics, um, but it you know it it uses gamers against gamers in a great way. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and and again, I I think a, a lot of good games figure out how to do that if they're multiplayer. You know, yeah. to to turn turn people against each other without necessarily turning them against yeah. each other. Yeah. You know, um, uh, but yeah, yeah, I would I would say that that is a, a pretty decent uh, contender for a great oh, yeah. indie game. Yeah. yeah, you know what it reminds me of um, that game that we played over at your your house when we did a, a game night here uh, a couple of years ago now talking about werewolf yes. werewolf yeah yes. werewolf where it's got the it's the one person is the killer mm-hmm. and everybody has to try to figure out who that is and you get the you get to vote people off yep. at the end of every round everybody has to kind of make their case for why they're not the killer no. yep yep, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, I, I, I'm like you, Jason. Like, I'm kind of antisocial, so the idea of getting, like, yeah, what, 10 too. other people, <laughs> yeah, all, all three uh, extroverts or introverts on this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I have uh, watched people play it on Twitch uh, just kind of because I wanted to see what it was all about. And, and, and uh, yes, listening to the conversations and seeing uh, the people kind of, like, fuck with each other. Um, mm-hmm. when clearly you can see who the killer was, and then when they all get in the room, you're like, hey, no, man, that wasn't me. I was with him the whole time. Just the right. fucking psychological manipulation uh, is a whole other aspect of the game that I don't know if the uh, designers had that in mind. I'm sure they did. Is it teaching gaslighting? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I would yeah. say uh, I would I would couch that as life lessons, Jason. Everybody needs to learn <laughs> that uh, we can be lied to, even by the people we trust. Even by the people mm-hmm. we that trust. Be a lesson. Speaking of which, this game has become kind of its own juggernaut that uh, politicians have been playing it on uh, Twitch. Uh, but yeah, it's transcended uh, just gaming. It's part of the part of the culture now. Good call. Yep. All right, Jay. Moving yeah, on to stuff. you. Right, or is it me again? 
Uh, yeah, it'd be me. Right. Um, <laughs> this one then I would say is one of the few examples of what I would call a free to play game mm. that's actually done right. Um, and it's called Warframe, and mm. it is a it's a third person kind of action shooter. It's kind of this humanoid race. Um, I would assume that they're actual humans, but it's so far in the future. They're called Tenno, mm. and they they battle in these suits that are called frames. Uh, the, I see the name comes from, and you can you can switch out your frames, and each one has different abilities. Some some will be more with uh, like bows and arrows, some will have uh, more guns. Some will have uh, like like swords. So you can have different play styles that you want to do with it. Um, and you're you're you basically you travel around the solar system because you're still you're on Earth or you're on Venus or Mars, all the different planets around the solar system uh, to complete the different missions and kind of follow along with the story as you go. And if you a triple a game that you could kind of associate it with because it it's very similar yeah. is destiny if ah, you ever yes. played that i'm familiar with it yeah ironically this came out before destiny did oh yeah so it it is like i said it, it's free to play it's free to play done right they do have premium currency you can buy if you if you want to just unlock stuff quicker ah, yeah or you can just earn it you know, play through the game and earn it. I'm fine with that um, as a business model. Like, I don't feel absolutely. like anybody's being cheated uh, in that absolutely. scenario. And the, the developers yeah. get to wet their beaks a little bit, right? Yep. Yep. And as long not as you doing... can earn it in-game without having to purchase it. That's exactly. the rub, yeah. yes. Exactly. <laughs> it can't be exclusive exactly. to those who are uh, paying up. Right. Yeah. right. And there are, there are a, a couple of things that are in the game that you can only get with the premium currency. Mm-hmm. But they have a marketplace where players can trade with each other. So one player can say, I'm going to go collect these resources. And another player will say, okay, I'll give you this much premium currency for those resources. Right. So you can just trade for Barter system. Yeah, I like yeah. it. Yeah. L- listen to our uh, episode on microtransactions, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apropos mm-hmm. of nothing. But yeah, from, from start to finish, you can you can play through the whole game. And you don't, you don't have to get the stuff that huh. you can only buy for premium currency. It's just if you want to, you can. Warframe, uh, huh? Uh, yeah, it's it looks good. It plays really good. Like yep. it's smooth, it's fast. It's the it's called Space Ninjas. That's what they that's what people <laughs> refer to them as because you're you're jumping around, you're doing flips, you're doing all kinds of acrobatics and there's uh uh keybinds and that's on controllers too, but there's things where you can you can be jumping in the air. You'll do kind of like a corkscrew twist, mm-hmm. and then you'll press a button that'll slow down time so that you can aim and start uh, firing and taking things out nice. while you're going through the air. It's it's so great. That's awesome. And it's a variety of, of gameplay in it. You can do like uh, waves of enemies on on one mission, or mm-hmm. another mission will be you know raiding an enemy base and actually going through and, and taking out things along the way until you get to the end of it. Um, They've been adding things into the game where almost like jetpacks, but you're actually in space hmm. to where you can you can be going around. They've recently added like full on space battles. So you can you can pilot a ship and nice. you can be playing with other players that are taking on you have, you know, a couple of players that are on the on weapons, one players on navigation, another players on on uh, you know, jumping from the ship to the enemy ship to start going into it and taking out the it's little subsections in there and everything. It's 
it's just fantastic. That's awesome. I, I highly recommend it for for anybody who who likes a a shooter game. It's multiplayer, but it doesn't have to be like you're able to just play it on your own if you want to, mm. or you can you know join join some friends or just join randoms and and go raiding. PC only, I imagine. No, no, yeah, it's on, on Switch. Ah. Yeah, it's on Switch. It's on well, it's actually on all the consoles. The only problem that I have with the game. Um, and they, the developers have addressed it and they said that they do want to do it is the cross platform. Uh, so right now, all of the console versions, the, the, the PlayStation and the Xbox, they're at kind of the same level, mm-hmm. but you know, PlayStation has this whole adverse thing. They don't yeah. want to do cross play. So they're not doing a cross play switch is a little bit behind, but it, you know, it catches up eventually and it gets to the beat at the same point. The PC version is always the the front version yeah. because they don't have to submit things and wait for them to be approved. They can just release an update and it's it's available mm-hmm. for the PC. So they've they've said the reason they're not doing crossplay is because they have each thing is on different versions, yeah. so they can't really they can't really do that. But eventually, at some point, they're going to get to a point where development is not going to be so rapid paced that they can slow things down and everything can eventually get to the same Catch version up. and then they can do, yeah, they can start doing the nice the cross play with it. Yeah. Nice. How important is that to you guys? Like that you, like, do you find yourself uh, being on a PS4 and playing people on Xbox or switch? For me, it's not super important. Mm-hmm. It's a nice thing to have sure. when it's available. Um, I, I think one of the first examples was rocket league. Yeah. Um, where it was, you know, everybody, whether you were on PC or console and Xbox or PlayStation console didn't matter. And even switch now, everybody can play together. And to me, that that's kind of the dream, you know, like it doesn't matter what platform you're on. Yeah. If it's a multiplayer game and it's on all the platforms, we should be able to all play together. You know, there's no there's no sense in having everything locked into their own little into their own little worlds. It just expands the player base, uh, you know, for these games yep. so that they can have that extended life. I guess I've just never really found myself caring. Like <laughs> I, when I'm playing an online game, I'm, I'm playing people I don't know anyway. Yeah. So yeah. what do I care what platform they're on? But, uh, yeah, but yeah, if I'm being docked because, uh, I'm on a lesser powered system, that, that could be a problem. Yeah. But, but if you're Absolutely. playing Mario Kart, you know that everybody else is on a Switch. So that's mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. one advantage to having exclusives. Nice. Yeah. Speaking that's of Rocket true. League, that's isn't Rocket League an independent game? It was. Initially? Until, and yeah, until Epic bought them. Yeah. Um, oh, but yeah, Epic. it was originally. Epic buying everybody, causing trouble, mm-hmm. suing mm-hmm. Apple. Yeah. <laughs> You've been following that story. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And that was all because of Fortnite, wasn't it? You got yep. it. Because they were... They were selling their in-game transactions mm-hmm. and apple not, wasn't getting their cut and not getting their yeah. cut yep well, hey more power to them capitalism right yeah <laughs> free market <laughs> yes not a not an independent game uh <laughs> fortnite uh no. what what is an independent game though uh the next one i'll talk about is a, a little puzzler very low res graphics uh it came out a few years ago i believe don't play it for the visuals uh, don't play it for the gameplay, really, uh, but play it for the puzzles because uh, this thing will bend and squeeze your mind and uh, have you cry in mercy. I'm talking about a game called Baba Is You. Are you guys familiar with this game? Oh, my God. I haven't played it yet, but I, I know which one you're talking about, yeah. and I've, I've, I've had it on my list. It's a really clever uh, puzzle game. 
uh, very kind of rudimentary, uh, but just gets more complex the longer you play. Uh, and if I, I finally had to like tap out at a certain point because when you're Googling the answers to like two or three <laughs> levels in a row, that's when you're like, all right, I've reached my limit, my cognitive uh, <laughs> abilities on this game. It's time to let other people do it. But, but for those first uh, few levels, Baba is You, uh, which I, I should explain the, the, the name of the game. So Baba, uh, you're this little sheep, I believe, right? Sheep-looking character. Yeah, sheep-looking thing. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, hence, hence the name Baba. But um, you are able to – it's really difficult to explain because um, – there are words on the screen that you can uh, move around uh, and they kind of set up the rules for that level. It's part word puzzler where you're trying to push the right words or or, the, or symbols uh, into place so that the rules of the game change, literally, and that you can escape the, the, the level. The, basically, every level you're trying to get to a door. There's a door on another side of the, the screen. Uh, sometimes you need a key to get there. Sometimes there's a river you have to cross uh, or fire or a wall, and you have to kind of figure it out by changing these words, pushing them in place. Yeah, it's really hard to describe verbally. You guys should, should look up some videos of how it's played. Yeah. But once you get the hang of it, it's really clever. And um, I, again, like we were saying earlier, like nothing I've ever played before uh, and really just makes you think about things in a new way and try and experiment. And there will be levels where you're like, there's no way. This this level is unbeatable. Well, obviously, it's not. But you, Is it like a slide puzzle? Yeah, 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 kind, kind of. of yeah. Most kind of the of. level is, is black. So you're seeing like, you know, uh, uh, blackness. And they'll just be kind of like, uh, you know, blocks here and there, and the words down in the right corner. Um, so yeah, it's it's a it's a bit of a kind of Tetris puzzler uh, part, at least trying to get the words into place. Because as you're pushing words or objects, they will affect other objects, and so you can accidentally push things out of the way. Um, and actually, there's a way where you can you can kind of like break the level, and once you get to that point, you have to hit a hard reset on the level. There's actually a, a combo, like like down select or something, because when you get to the point where you're like, oh, I broke this level, it is now unbeatable. I have to reset and start again. So uh, anytime a game does that, you know it's kind of <laughs> difficult. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, man, when you can figure out a level and uh, something that seemed impossible moments ago, it's just something snaps in your head, and you're like, fuck, this is what I'm supposed to do. Uh, it's, it's the greatest feeling. So, yeah, check out uh, Baba Is You. I think it's... Uh, another one of these cheap games you can pick up for like yeah. 15, 20 bucks. It's on like every platform. Uh, and yeah, it, it's a good time until it's not. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best thing I could say about Baba is you. Yep. <laughs> nice. All right, Jason, top that, buddy. What do you got next? Uh, how about uh, PUBG? Hey, there you go. Oh, is, wow. that a, is that an yeah. indie game? It I'm is. I'm pretty sure it is. Oh, that's right. Uh, yes, you're right. Initially it was. Yeah, uh, I want to say it was Russian, a Russian developer. Yeah, it was somebody that was. Um, I don't. I don't know if they were making a mod for crap. What was the name of that? Well, I gotta look it up now. It was like a Arma, like Arma three or Arma two or something like that. Okay. I think they were making okay. a mod for that, and then they just ended up spinning it off into its own game. Uh, that that got real popular real quick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, and, and it's just the, the free for all, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, you can do, I think you can do squads, mm-hmm. like two, two or three people. Um, yeah, I think, I think up to four, I think. Yeah. Oh, is it up to four? Yeah. yeah. Um, 
again, being antisocial, I don't play a, a whole lot of online <laughs> games, but I have a friend who does. Uh, so, you know, oh, the old friend. Over, yeah, I'll go over to his place, you know, and he'll be sitting there. And I mean, you know, he's a decent gamer. Uh, you know, he's been, you know, gaming as long as we have. Um, so it's it's real interesting to not be in control and sit back and watch somebody play a first person shooter. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, you know, uh, especially when your jam is first person shooters. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but seeing, uh, you know, seeing the mechanics, what they've put into the game, uh, the the enthusiasm behind the game, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's uh, again the uh, more great makings of of an indie game. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, that that's on multiple platforms, and yeah. I believe it just went mobile. Yeah, it's been not, on actually it's been on mobile. Now. Yeah, it's been on mobile for a little while now. It's crazy. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It's kind of Couldn't funny. Even the mobile version usually runs better than than the other versions. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that doesn't surprise yeah. me because they put a lot of uh, R and D into uh, getting these chips. It, it, it's it's amazing what's in my iPad. Like it's faster mm-hmm. than some of the desktop computers that I own around this house. Um, yeah. PUBG we should mention stands for Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, right? Battle so that Ground. was the uh, yes. Player Unknown. I guess is the guy who uh, modded it initially. And it's just mm-hmm. kind of taken legs and gone from there. Yeah, he he basically took the the concept of Daisy without the obviously without the zombies. Yeah, and made it faster paced because mm. that's that's one of the things like with with Daisy that really frustrated me uh, was just how long you could spend gathering you know finding uh-huh. weapons, gathering resources and supplies, and just running for like an hour to get to a town only for somebody to be hidden in the building and snipe you and you're dead. Yeah. And it's yes. like, I've just played yeah. for like two hours and I got <laughs> nothing done and I'm dead. What oh, the no. fuck? They, yeah. They did a, a good job with the ring, you know, yes. is uh, yeah. the countdown to the ring and as you know, the timer continues to count down, the ring gets smaller and you uh, really have to, you know, make a break for, you know, safety and mm. try not to get sniped as you're running. And that's clever. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. they, they did, they did a good job, uh, you know, and, and the community supports it. That's, that's a good one. Yeah. And it, and it's really taken off like it. I mean, it's obviously not like the most original idea, uh, you know, cause it's basically like hunger games, essentially everybody, <laughs> eventually you have to move to the center. So everybody fights each other mm-hmm. because they keep adding things that are, that are going to kill you from the outside. But it's really kicked off the genre on games where, you know, like Fortnite, like we were talking about, that's another one of those type of games where it, it has this ring that constantly moves in and, and will do that. And it's become like this huge genre of, of game styles. And PUBG was really kind of the one at the forefront mm-hmm. that that really popularized it for, for the video games. Mm-hmm. Battle Royale. Mm-hmm. Good call, Jason. Um, All right, uh, Jay. Yeah. You're all up. right. Well, um, I guess I'll go with uh, Hollow Knight. Next one. Um, I've I adore this game. It it's all hand drawn. Everything is hand drawn. And you know, speaking of atmospheric games, the it's it's gloomy, mm-hmm. but you kind of had this glimmer of hope yeah. uh, from the very beginning that. You're playing your little bug and you have like a needle. That's your, your little sword. It's essentially a Metroidvania, yeah. which if anybody's not familiar with the term, it, 
is the combination of Metroid and Castlevania, mm-hmm. um, where it basically means it's, it's a platformer game, 2D platformer that's exploration based more than just straight up like jumping or combat. Right. Um, you you find collectibles that increase your powers and you get your new abilities and things that you can do. And there's a lot of looping back around to go to areas mm-hmm. that you couldn't get to previously because you didn't have the right power up yep. or ability to get through to it. And, and yeah, the throughout the entire game, you think that you're the hero of the story. Oh, is it one of those? Yeah. Uh-huh. But it, it turns out that you're not really uh-huh. like, because I mean, the game is called hollow Knight. You think you're the hollow Knight, but you're not the hollow. Knight. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. that that little that little twist that uh, yeah. that comes into it, and they're about to release a um, a follow up, which I think it was originally supposed to be a DLC, but it got so much content that they that they're actually spinning it off. I think onto its own game. Hmm, good. Uh, called uh, it's it's Hollow Knight, but it's called um, the Hornet. I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm probably wrong on that. I can't remember. I I know I've got it on my on my wish list though because it it looks incredible. But it's one of those games where the combat itself is like figuring out the combination of a puzzle. Um, if you just try to brute force it, you're not going to get through it. You you have to figure out the moves and the timing and yeah. jump in, when to jump in, when to strike, when to get out of the way, all that stuff. Yeah, so, yeah it, it's, it's fantastic. This is one of those games that's great to watch on Twitch with somebody who really mm-hmm. knows what they're doing. Uh, mm-hmm. And you kind of learn and figure out. Oh, yeah, there's definitely a pattern to all of these guys uh, and, yep. and a way to play the game. And I, one of the things that uh, is intriguing to me about this game is uh, the, just the visual style, the art style. It's very yes. kind of like Tim Burtony, where mm-hmm. uh, everything is dark and macabre, but with a cartoony flair to it. Uh, yes. Just from like the animations and the character designs, um, it's 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 very appealing, but uh, yeah, still kind of uh, kind of kind of dark. Yeah, I, I I love it. Highly recommended for sure. All right, Hollow Knight. Yeah, that's I, that's another game that I've bought and I've downloaded, and uh, maybe one day I'll get an achievement for never having opened or played Hollow Knight. <laughs> Hasn't happened yet, though. Nice. nice. Well, uh, I'm going to jump in uh, since we were talking about Hollow Knight. How about another night? Shovel Knight. Yeah. That is the next one on my list. Can't talk about indie games uh, without talking about Shovel Knight. Now, Jason, please tell me you've heard of this one. the sentence that I had on mine, too. (laughs) I haven't. You haven't played Shovel Knight. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, dude. Well, I mean, it's really only good because I I think I remember you saying one time you're not really a huge fan of platformers, right? Uh, They they can get a little old real quick. Uh, Well, then maybe this isn't your cup of tea, but, uh, man, you know, we all grew up playing the NES uh, and mm-hmm. if you ever wanted to, you ever played the old uh, DuckTales video game? Yes. Where you're Scrooge yeah. McDuck and you're bouncing on your pogo stick. Pogo stick. Or if, cane, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if, if you yeah. love that game, this is basically kind of a, a spiritual sequel to that because that's the, one of the main gameplay mechanics. You've got this shovel, you're this little knight. We've all seen the design. Uh, and yeah, he can a little bounce around on his shovel. Uh, he can also use it as a shovel and like dig stuff out, or he can attack mm-hmm. with it. Um, so it's kind of a combination of uh, you know Ducktales and maybe Mega Man and uh, you know all those two D platformers from back in the day. But uh, the graphics are intentionally eight bit looking. Yep. Uh, but you go back and play some of those regular Nintendo games or even some Super N- Nintendo games. You can tell they were limited you know, with their color schemes and uh, you know how much graphics they can do. So this game is, is a great merging of we're going for a style, we're going for this pixelated style, but we're still going to use all the colors in the rainbow and do these cool animations. And um, 
they'll give it flair where it needs to. But at its core, it's just a fun game to play, man. Like bouncing yeah. around, killing enemies, trying to jump over holes. Uh, and then, of course, each level ends with a, a boss fight, uh, a la Mega Man. Yeah. So you've got all these different types of knights. And it's really funny, too, like the, the dialogue that they've written for these characters. It doesn't take itself seriously at all and kind of plays off of... Uh, you know, the kind of medieval theme that it's got going on. Uh, but all the characters have personality. It's just a fun game to play. And you want to talk about a game that has some DLC. These guys, Yacht Club is the, the developer, they've continuously like just pumped out DLC for free. There there are like two or three other, what would basically be like little games. Where I want to say, I think they're up to five now. Are they five now? It's, yeah. and, and it's not like, oh, here's another level. Here's another. No, you're playing a different character with a different gameplay mechanic, still in that yep. same style, still in the same world. Uh, yep. But it's almost like they could be selling these for like 20 bucks a pop on their own. Uh, I, I, I feel guilty how much free content they've given me. Hopefully they'll yeah. uh, release a Shovel Knight 2 someday where I can give these guys another uh, 25 bucks. It was a cheap game, too. It's like maybe 30 40 bucks at the mm-hmm. time. I don't know what mm-hmm. you can get it for now, but this is another game that's on every platform. You have no excuse not to play it, unless you're like Jason, and you just hate platformers, <laughs> which totally fine, totally understand. But, you uh, hate fun. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for me, uh, I, love, I love fun, and I love uh, Shovel Knight. Yeah, I yeah, know. It's fantastic. And, and speaking of the, the DLC, the, they... They basically, after about the third or the fourth one, they they finally said, "Okay, we probably should start selling some." <laughs> yes. So before it, before it was the uh, the King of Cards, oh uh, yeah, DLC came out. They they basically bundled everything up, and whoever had the game from the start got upgraded to what's called the Treasure Trove version. So you oh, got you also right. get the, the King of Cards for free. So everybody who had it before, you always get it for free. But if you didn't have it before, then you can either buy Treasure Trove and get everything, or, or you can buy the individual pieces the base and, game. and yeah, get which ones you want out of it. It's yeah. fair enough. I think more yeah. games should be doing that. More games, I I yeah. would pay to unlock uh, all of the levels in Mario Kart. Like instead mm-hmm. of having to go through every circuit, or I got to do the 150 cc just to unlock the Zelda <laughs> levels that are that are fucking buried in the code in that game. Like I know you're in there. I want to mm-hmm. play that level. Don't make me <laughs> jump through hoops. Just fucking give it to me. Like, I would gladly yeah. pay another 20 bucks for an unlocked version of some of these games. All right. Yeah. Good call, man. Well, that was me. So we're back to Jason. Uh, so so this will be my final contribution then. There you go. Um, uh, speaking of platformers, and this is one of the reasons why I don't particularly care for them, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to throw Cuphead in there. Oh! Uh, yes. uh, and, and, I mean, just by the title, I mean, maybe it's by the same guys that did you know, shovel knife, cuphead. Uh, you mean, would think so. Yeah, um, no, I think it's. I think it is a different company. But oh, yeah. oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That one. That one's brutal. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm. I'm telling you, if if you are a frame counter, that is the <laughs> perfect game mm-hmm. for you. That's true. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it and it's done in the you know the washed out gray tones with the you know 1920 style animation. Uh, I mean, beautiful. it's beautiful. They they did a great job. I mean, the artwork is great. The soundtrack is great. Um, you know, uh, the the plot is pretty good. Yeah. I mean, considering you know, it's 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 very you know kind of Super Mario where you, uh, Super Mario Brothers three where you go through and unlock you know the different areas. That's and right. All, all all of that stuff. Uh, but Jesus Christ, is that just 
so frustrating. Yeah. I mean, and if, if you're doing it with someone else, you know, if you've got two things on the screen that you have to try and keep track of while all of this other shit is, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I think we did about 45 minutes oh, and wow. then I was just like, okay, this is, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not getting any better. <laughs> yeah. This is the the first game I can remember in quite some time that uh, gave me uh, what we used to call back in the uh, in the old days, uh, Nintendo thumb or Nintendo-itis, mm-hmm. where yes. you would just have calluses built up on your fingers because you're continuously holding, you're mashing down that Y button or whatever to continue to yep. fire. And and then it's just kind of dropping your knuckle down to jump up around. And you're right, man. Shit is moving on the screen constantly. Uh, all the bosses are just like bullet sponges. Like you just fire on them forever. Uh, it takes hundreds of, of uh, little. What is he firing? These little cuphead guys. I, I can't even remember, but it doesn't yeah, do enough damage. It's like, whatever. It's like finger guns. I know. Yeah. I know he's yeah. A basic weapon. It's like a finger gun. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know what he's actually shooting out of it. It even kind of makes a little pop, 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 pop sound as you're mm-hmm. as you're firing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you're right, man. The real story here are the visuals. When I I saw this trailer, gosh, maybe five or six years ago now, and saw that they were making a an animated game because you know I was a big fan of like the the, the Don Bluth. You know, old mm-hmm. Dragon Slayer games. This isn't quite that. It's basically, you know, it is a 2D platformer, but all of the sprites, instead of, uh, you know, um, pixelated, they're all a hand-drawn animation that mimics that old Disney 1920s, 40s style. Uh, it's it's incredible. It's great to look yeah. at. Uh, it's frustrating to play, but uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm there for it. I almost want to see if there's like, because I've done the same thing. I've, I've played a few levels and I've rage quit a few times. Oh yeah, yes. Definitely. So I have. I've never. I've never completed it. Me neither. But I, I kind of want to see if there's like if somebody's made a cheat code or if there's <laughs> if there's like a trainer type thing where you can you just have infinite lives or or at least invincibility or something. Yeah. Just so I can go through and just see to get the whole through game. it. You know, I just want to see the rest of the game because it's so freaking beautiful. It, I know. Uh, I, I do think there are difficulty level settings, but even on the easiest one, which I generally go for, uh, mm. it's still kind of hard. It's funny you bring that up. Uh, Jen and I started playing uh, after after May the 4th. We uh, wanted to play a Star Wars game, so we got into that Fallen Jedi, or Fallen Order. Uh, Fallen Jedi Order, Fallen yes. Order, uh, which is amazing. Um, I, I picked it up when it first came out a few years ago uh, and played it for a weekend or two. Uh, and it just never got back to it. So we decided you know, it was Star Wars uh, on our brains. Wanted to get back into it and having a great time with it. But uh, there are four difficulty levels. And um, usually we, we start on the normal, right? Like, I don't like to go to the easy one. Uh, but this one, I'm like, Jenna, can we just put this on, on story mode? Because we keep dying in the same places. And it's taking this 20-hour game and turning it into a 40-hour game. We could be so much farther if we were just on story mode right now. But uh, yeah. she's, a, she's a better person than I. She likes the challenge. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of the same. I, I tend to... I'll start on normal. If it's too easy on normal, maybe I'll bump up to hard. Yeah. But I, I always am reluctant to go down to easy unless I'm just being just brutally beat over the head by it. And then I'm like, all right, screw it. <laughs> Suck <laughs> what, what with my pride. I'll do it. What pisses me off is when, you know, it's like normal, hard, or kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I could or, shame or, you. Yeah, <laughs> p- pansy. Yeah. You know. Yes. <laughs> It's like, why are you even playing? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do love that. Uh, I think somebody called it like um, 
cinematic mode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's like, a nice on, way of you're saying still it. Playing the game, but <laughs> come on, I have some control over it. I'm not yeah. watching a movie, fucker. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, all right, um, Jay, you got one more up your sleeve before we call it a night. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll go one more. Um, so I couched this one with, "What do you do when you're one of the head developers of Castlevania?" Mm. Oh, and Konami suddenly goes rogue and decides to focus on pachinko machines and <laughs> and uh, slot machines. Uh huh. You get on Kickstarter yep. and you blow the fucking doors off of it. <laughs> Crowdfunding, basically a Castlevania, but not really a Castlevania. Sure, we can't say it's the C word. Ritual of Castlevania. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, though, mm-hmm. man. It's it is Castlevania through and through. Uh, it, it had a little bit of a rocky start. Um, I heard that. I think it was mostly a rocky start on Switch only, though. Right, yeah. It was like, some frame rate issues or uh, technical mm, difficulties, yeah. Yeah. All the other platforms seem to do pretty good. Um, but, oh, my God, it's it captures everything, the the feeling of Castlevania. You have multiple characters that you can uh, switch between mm. or um, choose to go through the whole game with one character and not do the other ones if you want oh. to. And one of the, the things that was kind of genius, I thought, that they did... Uh, before the game came out because people were just itching for this game because they kept teasing it and all these, what they were working on it, they kept teasing it. They released an 8-bit version of the game uh, called Castlevania, I think Curse of the Moon or Circle of the Moon. One of the, oh. or Not Castlevania, Bloodstained, Circle of yeah. the Moon or, or, or Curse of the Moon. Um, and, it, and it's like going back and playing the old school oh, you know, 8-bit really? Castlevania. That's cool. Yes, yes. And and it's basically a prequel to Ritual of the Night. And uh, I think it actually just got its own sequel, too, for this 8-bit version. Um, But I think it's exclusive to the Switch. So it may not be on all the other platforms. I know it's not on Steam yet, and I don't think it's on other consoles. I've heard this game is uh, kind of difficult. Is that true? It's, it's, well, I mean, it's Castlevania. You know, it's, (laughs) it's got its difficulty spikes and some things are harder than others but it's it's that that kind of difficulty where once you've you know, once you actually figure out the pattern then you can exploit it and and actually defeat the boss or or, or get through the levels that uh, that are that are tripping you up mm-hmm. as you're doing it um but it yeah it, it has that same kind of that that feeling you're you know you're you're climbing in the castle and making your way up to the to the final battle. There's another one I haven't actually fully finished yet, but um, some of the boss battles in this game are so well done. Oh, there, yeah. There's this one that's just incredible. Um, the whole stage is rotating. You're, you're on like this pillar hmm. trying to climb your way up, and there's this uh, dragon, essentially, that is attacking you, and it will come around from the different sides, and so you you have to get out of the way before it, you know it does its fire breath or whatever mm-hmm. that it, when it makes its attack, and then you know it'll come back around the other side, and you'll have to start going back down the thing because the, uh-huh. the way the pillar is rotating That's cool. to get away from it, you've got to reverse your progress. Nice. Oh my god, yeah. No, it's that's another one that's that's a that, that is a fantastic game and definitely get the the little promo side quest games with the with the circle of the moon ones. Yeah. 
I, I I don't know why I've been I knew of that one I've been I've been putting it off but uh, I love me some Castlevania and I don't know why mm. I haven't picked this one up yet so yeah maybe it's time to to check that out nice one that's a great one to end on uh, we could talk about indie games forever I feel like I only have uh, I still have a few more to go but I'll just uh, list them as uh, honorable mentions uh, one is one of my favorites called Grease G R I S from a Spanish developer. Uh, another another short game, another uh, also kind of a Metroidvania in in uh, gameplay style, but um, thematically it's kind of about grief, and it's about uh, at the beginning of the game it starts out black and white, and your little girl character uh, as she beats a level she brings another color back into the world, and the 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 visual style, uh, the art direction it's all kind of like watercolor based, so. Um, lot of it, it looks like a, a moving painting uh, and I, mm-hmm. I can't can't uh, talk about that one enough but yeah love Greece uh, actually I think that one came up on our games that make you yes. feel feels episode as well so if you want to hear a little mm-hmm. more talk about that one check out that episode uh, also you know we talked about the inside uh, check out limbo the makers of that uh, also uh, fez and uh, yes. a game called uh, night in the woods uh, whose yes. visual style I love and then uh, finally Celeste Everybody loves some Celeste. Uh, yes. You guys have any honorable mentions on your list? Indeed. Indeed, I do. Go for it. Let's hear them. Um, all right. So we got uh, Undertale. Um, oh, yeah. So it's like real simple 8-bit style graphics, but the uh, it, it takes a huge inspiration from old like uh, games like Earthbound. Mm-hmm. Um, the, that they're, they're kind of an RPG, but they're very quirky RPGs. Mm-hmm. And the story changes kind of depending on how you actually conduct yourself. Um, uh-huh. you know, I, I know we talked about this uh, on the boss battles one, where if you take the the pacifist route or the genocide route or the kind of the in-between, uh, the whole story changes, like things that happen in the world change and the way that the inhabitants of this world react to you change based on what you've been doing throughout the throughout your quest in here. Um and the the soundtrack is another one that's it's incredible. It's that chiptune style, oh. but it has very like really memorable like you can you can hum along to them like oh. you, you, they're earworms for sure. And the whole game, one guy developed it, did the soundtrack, oh, everything. That's crazy. It's nuts. I yeah, really respect uh, game. Fez is another one of those games. In fact, yes. there's a great documentary. Uh, on Netflix yes. called uh, Indie Game, the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Where they follow Absolutely. the makers yes. of uh, Braid, mm-hmm. Fez, and I think it's Super Meat Boy is the... Uh, there's another independent so, game. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the makers of those games. Uh, and yeah, that the Fez was just like the one guy who... Uh, a couple of those guys you really love, and then there's the one guy uh, who made Braid who, who really is kind of an anti-hero in a lot of ways. <laughs> but that's a well-made yeah. uh, documentary. Check that out uh, if you've got Netflix. Indie Game. Yes, the movie. absolutely. All right, absolutely. Uh, sorry. Any other honorable mentions before I just realize? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, real quick, I got Super Hot. Um, it is a, oh, a first-person shooter. Yes. But it's done, it's very minimalistic style. Like it, it's white and red are the, like the primary colors and I think little splashes of black as your weapons are black. Um, it's a first person shooter and time does not move unless you move. Oh, and interesting. So you can, you can be like looking at a bullet heading towards you and all you gotta do is just move a little bit to the side and it'll just pass right by as you're moving. You'll see it coming forward. Oh, I like that. Um, yeah. So it's really great. And you're, you, it's another one of those puzzle games essentially where you're, 
you're trying to figure out the sequence of being able to take out all of the enemies in the, in the room without getting hit. And then once you figure it out, it replays the whole thing in real time. In real time. Oh, that's awesome. So you get to see like yourself dodging all these bullets real quick and taking them out or throwing (laughs) things. That's so cool. That is It's, it's, it's brilliant the way that they do it the way that, yeah. Um, And that's another one. Those one that has a a VR version of the game. Damn. And it's even better. Real crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's even better in VR. Um, another one, Stardew Valley. Uh, yes. That's a super relaxing, like almost stress-free. I would, I would call it a stress-free game, but there is parts where you do have to do a little tiny bit of combat. Mm. Um, but for the most part, like running around the overworld, talking to the locals, building your farm out, uh, tending to your animals, things like that it's just super relaxing. It's one of those games where you can just pop it in. You've had a stressful day at work yeah. and it's just, I just need to, I just need to chill out for about 20 minutes and I'm going to go pick some crops, <laughs> you know? So that was it, another Kickstarter too, right? Uh, I don't know if it was Kickstarter, but it was one of those ones that was like a mega hit when it came out and did uh, several million sales. And again, for one developer, and it's just ridiculous Damn. how how well that's done and how long it's gone. Um, and he's also kept with it; like he's he's updated it, and uh, he's added multiplayer into it recently, so you can actually have friends join you oh, and nice. you know, help out on your farms and things like that. So yeah, it's it's great. It's a good one. Uh, another one, uh, Firewatch, is it's one of those ones that. It's essentially a walking sim, but it's kind of done like uh, like the What Remains of Edith Finch, where mm-hmm. it's telling a story. Uh, you play a character recently uh, widowed, and you decide that you're going to go um, essentially join uh, the park rangers at a at a national forest mm-hmm. or a national uh, park, uh, and they put you in one of the Firewatch towers. And your oh, supervisor see. is in another fire watchtower, you know, however many miles away. And you communicate over, you know, your little radios. And basically through the whole game, you're, you know, you're, you're start off by doing little tasks. Like you'll, you'll see some fireworks going off mm-hmm. at one point. And it's like your supervisor comes on and goes, those fucking idiots. We're in like fire season here. And so you, you go down your little steps and everything. And you got to go out to the lake and you find out that there's these couple little, uh, little teenage girls or whatever that are off in the way off in the lake. They've stripped off all their clothes. So they're <laughs> way off in the, in the distance. So you're, you know, you're like this middle-aged man. You're like, uh, I don't want to be looking at these little girls, oh, but I need to I was like their, their little uh, underwear and stuff strewn around or <laughs> beer cans and bottles of whiskey and stuff like that. So you got to, you know, turn off their radio. They'll cuss you out because you're, you're messing up their fun and, you're, you know, you take all their, all their, uh, fireworks and stuff to, to keep them from starting a fire with this place. Oh, that's funny. But it, yeah. And it, and it ultimately leads up of course to, uh, to a fire getting started and yeah, it, it's another, it's another one of those ones that, uh, will make you contemplate things. Oh, interesting. Doing it. Yeah. It sounds like Baywatch it, without the beach and the nudity. It, it, a little bit, a little bit, and a little bit of it is kind of like, uh, it could be all in this guy's head. Ah, oh, I'm not I love really a game like sure. That. 
yeah you're not really sure if everything's actually happening or not so yeah it it's uh it's another one of those thinker ones um, like my daily life <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice uh, then the last one I'll do is Subnautica. Oh uh, yeah, I heard about this too. Yeah, I heard about it, but haven't played it. Mm-hmm. This is another one that's VR, and I kind of want to play it in VR, even though I know I will regret it. Um, <laughs> it's a it's a survival game where you're basically you're crash landed on this planet that seems like it's a just an entire planet of water, um, and essentially you you dive down to collect resources because you're trying to repair. Uh, your little dive pod and you have to continually go further down deeper and deeper. So you're, you're making submersibles that you can get down further in and breathe longer underneath underwater and stuff. But of course, the further you go down, the bigger the fish that mm. are down there and the, the things that are, that are going to come after you. Just like Obi-Wan uh, said, mm-hmm, it's always mm-hmm. a bigger fish, always a bigger fish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that particular scene, that's like, that's the kind of stuff you, you will see. Oh in, yeah. Oh shit. Sonata. Yeah. Yeah. Just giant freaking predator things that will come in and attack you or attack other giant predator things that, <laughs> that are in the process of chasing you. Um, but it, it's one of those ones that it's like you 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 get a real sense of diving and exploration mm. in it, and I think they did that so well, so well. Um, and of course, you know, with VR, yeah. then you've got that full immersion that you can get into with it too. You're selling me on VR, man. I got to tell you, the more we talk about it, I'm uh, I'm like this close to picking up the PlayStation VR because I just picked up uh, oh, Star yeah. Star Wars Squadrons, uh, yes. which I realize is also VR. It has a VR version. I've got like three or four games now. I thought that would be real fun. Yeah, yeah. It's like what it was made for, right? A flight sim. That's Mm -hmm. VR. All right. Well, uh, that is our indie game episode. Tons of indie games. If you haven't heard of them, uh, check them out. Uh, I know a lot of these I had heard of but haven't played, uh, and it just whet my appetite and make me want to plop down 20 bucks for some of these indie games and uh, you know do, do it support the, the the small developers you know rockstar is going to be fine naughty dog is going to be fine yeah. nintendo is going to be fine but uh yeah baba is you could probably use a few more uh, pickups uh mm-hmm. so yeah mm-hmm. uh listeners uh, if you we've left off some of your favorite indie games you can sound off on our facebook page again 16-bit gladiators there or you can tweet us at 16-bit gladiators and again, uh, the place to find all those links and more and to subscribe to this podcast is 16bitgladiators.com. All right. Uh, next week, we uh, mentioned a couple of open world games on this here episode, namely Minecraft. But uh, next week, we're going to do a whole, whole episode of open world games, uh, joined by special guest Ryan Jenkins, uh, who has been on this podcast before, will be joining us once again. He knows a thing or two about uh, open world games. Because uh, he works for a uh, independent developer, we'll let him uh, talk about it next week uh, on our open world episode. All right, Jason Jasinski, special guest. Thanks again for joining us. Hey, thank you very much. I always feel like I'm a better gamer after I talk to you guys. <laughs> You're not, but I'm glad uh, we can help you feel that. <laughs> now I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> thanks for bringing your breadth of knowledge to this particular topic, Jay Gunn. Again, thanks for doing your homework. Nicely done. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, and we will see you, the listener, or hear you, or you'll hear us. However, that works. We'll see you, uh, the listener, on next week's episode of the 16 Bit Gladiator. Bye, guys. See ya. Bye. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we going to do now? 
You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.